Thank you, Brother Billy. Good morning and welcome again. We're so glad that you're here today. It's a beautiful day and we're grateful for this opportunity that we have to worship God. I'm very grateful to you for your presence. If you're visiting, as always, please come back. We're so thankful that you're here. I know that uh, we've got a number of young folks that are away on a trip and hopefully and prayerfully they will arrive safely tomorrow night. Uh, looking forward to getting them back home. I'm sure that they're ready to be home. I would imagine Anna's ready for Jared to be home. At, at least that's one. But uh, we're, glad, we're glad that you're here and we look forward to seeing them again. We're going to be looking today at really three very specific texts in our study. John chapter 14, verse 27, John 16, verse 33, and Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. As you are turning to those passages of Scripture, we'll be starting with John 14, verse 27. Today in our study, we're going to be talking about the importance of genuine peace. We want to live in peace. And we want to live in perfect peace. Now I understand that we live in a world in which things can change so quickly. And there are a lot of circumstances that will sometimes create havoc in our lives. Many of us have faced unsettling situations in life. Sometimes there are circumstances beyond our control. And there are times when the difficulties and trials and tribulations of life can affect our peace. And what Jesus is saying to the apostles, and you have to understand that in chapters 14 through 16, Jesus is specifically talking to the apostles. He has indicated to them that He's going to be leaving them. Naturally, they're disturbed. And so there's some application that we can take and use for our own lives, particularly as it relates to this idea of genuine peace. I want to begin by asking you this question. Are you living in peace this hour? Do, do you enjoy the peace that passes all understanding? I want to begin today by, first of all, talking about the promise of peace. As we think together about the promise of peace, I want to really stress the origin of peace. And I want you to listen to Jesus in verse 27. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Do not let it be afraid. Let me just begin by talking about the person who promised peace. And I said a moment ago that Jesus is the one talking. And Jesus is speaking to the apostles, and they're troubled, and they're distressed. They're concerned because their Lord, their Master, the one that they had spent three years with, or three and a half years with, has told them He's going to be leaving them. And so what Jesus says to them is, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to leave you with peace. Now when you think about Jesus and the promise that He made, 
to understand that the Lord Jesus Christ, His Word is unbreakable. Whatever the Lord says, you can literally take it to the bank. The Bible says it is impossible for God to lie in Hebrews chapter 6. When the Lord Jesus says something, you can believe it. Now, bear in mind that John began by introducing readers of every age to Jesus, and He is described as the eternal Word in John chapter 1. And in John 1, John said, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So we're talking about deity here. And Jesus is the one who is making this profound promise. And Jesus is saying, look, yes, I'm going to be leaving you, but I'm going to leave you with peace. So the Lord Jesus has made a golden promise. And then I think about the person who provides this peace. Jesus is saying, look, I can give you peace. Peace that the world cannot give you. Listen again, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. There are a lot of people in our world today, they lack peace. And their lives are constantly in turmoil. Things are always amiss and there is this sense of overriding distress that accompanies them day in, day out, month in, month out. And Jesus is saying, I have the ability to provide you with peace, inner peace. Now we talk about the origin of peace, but what about the obstacles to peace? Now Jesus identifies the reality that there are obstacles to peace in the pathway of those who would follow Him. Listen again to what he said, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. And then he says, let not your heart be troubled. The word troubled here, the same word used back in verse 1 in the opening chapter. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. The word trouble here means to agitate. To strike a person with fear or dread. It carries with it the idea of that which causes inward commotion. To take away our inner peace, that inner sense of sereneness or serenity. So Jesus here is saying to the apostles, I have the ability to give you peace. Now, there are some natural obstacles to peace in the lives of people, one of which is trouble or distress. Now, you think about how many people in our world today, they have no inner calmness. There isn't this serenity of mind. A moment ago, we sang that song, All is Well. And I think about how sometimes the world can literally be turned upside down. That's the picture in Psalm 46. When the psalmist said in the long ago, God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. In light of that, he said, therefore we will not fear, though the earth be removed. And the idea, again, life can change on a dime. And yet, Jesus here is saying, okay, there's some obstacles that you're going to face in life. 
There are some distressing situations that will come your way. But I can give you peace. I can provide you with peace that will enable you to override, to bear with the difficulties that you face in this life. Now, think about how many of us struggle with anxiety. We call it worry, don't we? And didn't Paul say in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, in nothing be anxious? In other words, don't worry. Do you remember in Matthew chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus asked the question to those who were assembled to hear Him preach that great lesson? He asked the question, why do you worry? Now you think about all the reasons why you're troubled and why you're distressed in life and why you are literally stressed to the max. And then read the context of Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 through 34. And listen to Jesus say three times, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. What's Jesus saying to the apostles? Let not your heart be troubled. Yes, there are some things that could rob you of peace. There are some, there are some factors in life that can shake you to your core. You need to understand I have the ability to give you peace. So I think first about distress, and then secondly, the difficulties of life. Turn over and look at chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. And then He said, In the world you have what? Tribulation. Jesus is saying, In the world, here's what you have. You have stress. You have burdens. You have anguish or agony. You have all of these factors that are working together. And if you allow them to, they can destroy you. And Jesus is saying, look, in the world, here's what you can expect, tribulation. In the world, you can expect distress. But Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Fear can destroy, can it? And there are a lot of difficulties that we face in life. Many of us, we battle sickness. Some battle disease. Disease that preys upon the human body. Cancer. That has the ability to take a person who is whole and literally destroy the body. I mean, you think about all the things that can bring difficulty and hardship and trial in life. And Jesus is saying, look, these things are obstacles in the pathway of peace. What we want is peace, and Jesus has promised peace. Now, there's a second thing I want you to see in our study. First, the promise of peace, but secondly, the place of peace. Let's talk for a minute about the place of complete peace. And listen to Jesus in John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Did you catch that? Jesus said that the place of peace is where? It's in Him. To understand that in Jesus Christ, that we can have 
complete peace. First, we enjoy peace with God, don't we? You know, the gospel of Christ, that system of faith, makes it, makes it possible for us to enjoy, as Paul talks about in Romans chapter 5, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. To know that there is no separation, there is no alienation, but rather we are in fellowship with God. We are at one with God. And as Paul said, we have peace with Him. There is this sense of complete peace in Jesus. And Jesus is saying that I have the ability, I have the ability to give you peace with God. We enjoy peace with God and we enjoy the peace of God. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul said, "...in nothing be anxious, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving." Let your request be made known to God. And then he said, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Now let's just pause there for a minute. Paul is saying that we can enjoy not just peace with God, Romans 5 verses 1 and 2, but we enjoy the peace of God. That's a beautiful thing. To have this sense of overriding peace. The world is swirling around us. Life is out of control. Things are going haywire in life. And yet there's this sense of inner peace and inner calmness. Again, serenity. Smooth waters. So Jesus is saying the place of complete peace it's in Him. Now, there is a place of counterfeit peace. Listen again to Jesus in John 14, verse 27. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Now note, not as the world gives do I give to you. The world says, you know what? I can satisfy you. The world says, I can give you what you want. I can give you peace. I can give you happiness. I can give you joy. I can give you contentment. But here's what you have to understand. What the world offers and calls peace is nothing more than a counterfeit product. It is not genuine peace. True, complete peace is in Jesus. Anything outside of Christ is counterfeit peace. And so what Jesus is saying is, I'm going to give you peace, but not as the world gives. The peace that the world gives is at best superficial. It's like putting a Band-Aid on a wound that needs, that needs a tourniquet. I mean, you think about, think for a minute, about how many people today are trying to medicate themselves with some type, of, some type of prescription drug. And by that, I mean the illegal use of prescription drugs. They're abusing those products. Or how many people are using some type of chemical substance to alleviate their pain and their suffering and their trials and their tribulations. Why? Because they're looking for peace. 
They just want a sense of calmness, even if it's for just a short period of time. There are a lot of people that will go to the package store and they'll buy a bottle of alcohol because that is their escape mechanism. That's how they rope off a little bit of peace in their lives. And what Jesus is saying is, look, the world says, I'll give you peace. If you're looking for peace in those avenues, you're looking in the wrong place. Temporary at best. You see what the world offers by way of peace Number one, it's superficial. Number two, it is short-lived. That buzz that people get off of alcohol or some other type of drug doesn't last. Whatever problem you had before you began using alcohol or some type of drug, when the drug wears off, what happens? The problems are right back. You're right back where you started. And then I think about people who are self-medicated, medicating through material goods and the things of this life. And they have this idea that if I buy this or if I buy that or if I acquire this or acquire that or if I somehow can surround myself with all these things, that's going to give me peace and satisfaction and contentment. And yet Paul said godliness with contentment is great gain. He said we brought nothing into this world. It's certain we can carry nothing out. The bottom line is this. They are only temporary. It's like a salve. You apply it, you got to put it on again. Listen to Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Solomon had it all, didn't he? You think about it, here was a guy that had the opportunity to really try everything. He said, whatever my eyes saw, I kept back nothing from them. In other words, if I saw something that I thought could bring me pleasure, guess what? I tried it. I got it. I bought it. I did it. So in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, here's what Solomon said. He that loves silver will not be satisfied with silver. You know what he's saying? If you make a million dollars, that's going to satisfy you today. But when you get up tomorrow, guess what? You're going to want two, aren't you? Never satisfied. And Jesus is saying to us today, He's saying to people of every generation, what the world calls peace and what the world offers by way of peace is counterfeit. It is superficial. It is short-lived. Do you remember in 1 John chapter 2, John talked about how we're not to love the world, neither the things which are in the world. He said, if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is, is not any. He said, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are not of the Father, but are of the world. And then here's what he said, and the world passes away. Let me tell you what, if you hook your wagon to the world and you're looking for peace and contentment and happiness in the world, you need to understand you are buying into a system. And that's what the world is. You're buying into a system that is short-lived. It will not last. It will not stand. That's why we need complete peace. The complete peace that only Jesus can give. Now there's a third thing I want you to see. It has to do with the provisions of peace. As we think about the provisions of peace, I want you to think with me for a moment or two about the perpetuity of peace. And what Jesus is saying is, look, in me you have peace. 
And Jesus is saying that He has the ability to provide, number one, timeless peace. Note again what He says, verse 33, chapter 16. These things I've spoken to you, that in Me you may have peace. In the original, what Jesus is saying is that you may have continuing, ongoing peace. Not the kind of peace that is disrupted. Not the kind of peace that is stopped today, start tomorrow, stop today, start. No. In me you have timeless peace. It is ongoing, ever-present. Not only does Jesus say we enjoy that He has the ability to provide timeless peace, but He says He has the ability to provide us with triumphant peace. Note again. These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. He said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Jesus triumphed the world on the cross, didn't He? And because Jesus was triumphant in His work at Calvary, what the Lord is saying to His people of every, of every generation, I have the ability to provide you with peace. Peace that is timeless, peace that is triumphant, the kind of peace that is ongoing. It is a continuous thing. So, I think about the perpetuity of peace and then the power of peace. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul said, "...in nothing be anxious." But in everything, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding. What about the prominence of peace? Jesus uses that word, the peace that passes, or some translations say, surpasses. What the Lord is saying is, I have the ability to give you preeminent peace. Peace that is overriding, overarching. So we enjoy not only the prominence of God's peace, but the protectiveness of God's peace. Paul said, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard or keep your hearts through the Lord Jesus Christ. That word guard there, or keep, carries with it the idea of keeping watch. It's used, it could be used of a military sentinel who are standing guard, and they're going to use every means available to them, whether it's offensively or defensively, to protect that which has been entrusted into their care. And what Paul is saying is that in Christ Jesus, when life is swirling out of control, when we feel as if that inward calmness may be slipping away, we have the ability, we have the right, the power to go to God in prayer. And Paul said that God's peace, which surpasses all understanding, is going is to guard or keep watch over our hearts. It's as if the Lord is standing guard and making sure that we enjoy the peace that passes all understanding. Now let me tell you what. 
Life at best can get out of control in a hurry. And there are things in life that literally throw us a curve. And sometimes if we're not careful, the things of life can affect that inner calmness that we ought to possess. So what Jesus is saying is, look, if you want real, genuine peace, here it is, it's in me. It's in me. I began by asking this question, do you enjoy peace? Are you at peace with God? Do you enjoy the peace of God? If you're here today and you're not a Christian, first and foremost, the most important thing that you need to take care of today is your salvation so that you might be at peace with your Maker or Creator. What would you need to do? Well, Jesus said in this same book, John In the book of John, John chapter 8. Except you believe that I am He, you'll die in your sins. The one who said that is deity. The very one who said that I can give you peace. If you'll come to Jesus, believing Him to be the Son of God, repenting of your sins, confessing His name before others, being baptized into Him so that all your sins can be washed away. Acts 2.38 then God will then put you in His body. And it's in His body that we enjoy fellowship. Fellowship with one another, fellowship with the Lord, and that we have the promise of life eternal. If you're here today, and maybe your life is not what it ought to be as a child of God, maybe you have no peace. You're a child of God, but your life is anything but peaceful. One of the reasons is because you haven't been living for Him. We would be happy to pray with you and for you. And the beauty is you can enjoy, once again, peace with God and the peace of God. So today we encourage you, take that first step. Enjoy genuine peace as we stand and sing.